We'll see how it looks when we do videos, though. It's true. It doesn't let me record the video, I don't think. Yeah, I don't see an option to. I can leave call. More options. Full screen, change layout. Uh-oh. What happened? What do you mean? Um, I messed with my settings. What the shit? Full screen. Oh, nope. Don't want that. I sent a reaction. I saw that. All right. Y'all ready to do this? Chris, you ready? Yeah. I've just been playing solitaire this whole time. I know you have. All right. Hey, you can't make those noises. I can hear them. (laughs) That's a point. All right. Well, it's a good thing we're not doing audio because you can't see me anyways. Why does it keep going? Stop doing it. You ready? Good, because here we go. This is the Always More Podcast. Hello and hello. It is November 15th and welcome to the Always More Podcast where we believe there is always more room at the table for honest questions, meaningful conversations, and deeper understanding. Today on the pod, we are talking about natives, superpowered youths, horrible pregnancies, the Norse pagan pantheon, and so much more. But first, I am your host, Tim Lichty. I can't even see my last name. God, it's so late. (laughs) Sitting across from me is my best friend since middle school, Christopher Thomas Ford. Bonjour. Bonjour. And joining us from the the wilderness that is Kansas, Harley Bean. Hello. Is it wilderness or is it just corn? It's just (laughs) corn. It's wheat or wheat. grass. Is it? Is Kansas just grass? Wheat? It's grass. It's as far as I can see. <laughs> it's something like that. Grass and wheat. Grass and wheat. Yep. Wheat grass, if you may. Yeah, actually, but I live in the hills, so. So hilly grass, or grassy hills. Grassy hills. Yes. One could even say grassy knolls. Watch out, they Kennedy. Could. Guys, welcome back. Uh, we we have been gone for a while. It's been an, it's been yeah. a couple of weeks. Um, it's been a month. A lot of things happened. Um, I went on a, a little mini vacation, and and as you all know, without Tim, this does not happen. <laughs> Literally. And then other life things were happening. Halloween, and I know, moved. Harley moved. Birthdays. Yeah, mm-hmm. just things all I'm, around. I'm prepping to move again. Again. Yeah. What? Yeah. Bigger space. Wow. Oh, okay. More yeah. Fun. yeah. So we, we apologize for not being there for you, fellow uh more what what do we call our fandom? I just thought about that. I don't know. I don't think we have a fandom. <laughs> all six of them. <laughs> Always more We have Shane. <laughs> Thank you, Shane. If no one else, we do this for you. Mm-hmm. Um so we do apologize. We're going to try to get back into it. We'll, what will probably happen is we'll probably record like two or three more episodes. We need to get another her out, another nerd out for sure. Uh, and then we'll probably take like a two-month sabbatical is what I'm assuming. I we think what want. we should do is record like four or five like B-roll canned you, you episodes. You won't give me the time to do that. Are you kidding me? Well, we got to figure it out. We'll just sit down one day and record all day, get as many episodes as we can. I'm down for that. That way, when we can't record, we just throw one of those out. I mean, I'm not against that. That's not a bad idea. How, how, how would the people we'll work know? on it. How would they know? <laughs> how do they know that this isn't one of those? They're going to know. <laughs> how will they know? They won't know. Yeah. Guys, we're back. I'm ready to get into this. It's been a while since we've done our little uh, our little segments. Are you guys ready to get into it? Always. All right, guys. Let's start off with our our classic, our original, a little wreck and rev. This is a part of the show where we like to recommend and review some things that we watch. I'm gonna go first, uh, guys. I watched a movie that came out just recently called Killers of the Flower Moon. Have you heard? Of I've it? heard about it. I have heard about it. Have either of you seen it? Not yet. No. I would love to. Wow. I don't know if I could because it's got a lot of. I assume gore in it, and that will make me uncomfy. Not as much you would as you would think. Like there's some murder and stuff, of course, but like yeah, it's not like gruesome war, like like blood and guts everywhere kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Not not as well. I've watched those before. Like if you've seen Gangs of New York, this is worse, or that's worse. I, oh, Gangs I've of New York is worse. Yes. Okay. 
What about Django? How's it compared much to Django? Worse. Django's much worse. Yeah, so you're fine. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, Killer of the Flower, Killers of the Flower Moon is a film by Martin Scorsese. 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 How is, man, his name is always messing Scorsese. Up. Scorsese. Featuring Lily Gladstone. She did phenomenal. Uh, Leo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. The film is based on a nonfiction book by David Gran, published in 2017 of the same name. The book investigates a series of murders that occurred in the 1920s targeting members of the Osage uh, Nation, a Native American tribe in Oklahoma. The Osage had become incredibly wealthy due to oil discovered on their land as they enjoyed newfound pros- prosperity and dis- a disturbing number of tribal members were killed under mysterious circumstances. The narrative unfolds as an investigative thriller revealing a web of conspiracy, corruption, and the birth of the FBI. The federal investigation led by young J. Edgar Hoover, though we don't see much of him in the movie, uncovered a sinister plot to gain control of the uh, Osage wealth. The book and movie explores themes of greed, racism, and the exploitation of vulnerable communities during the pivotal period in American history. This movie was fantastic. Uh, it was, I think, as good as you can get from a white male creator about a Native American group. I'll take it. The writer of the book is also a white man, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the book, the movie is, it does a very good job of showing just how bad Americans, white Americans are. Uh, they mm-hmm. do mention the Tulsa um, a massacre that happened, I think, a few years prior to this. Um, so they, it's really a, not an homage, but a just representation of just how screwed up American Americans were to Native Americans and to uh, minority groups. So uh, it's a good reflection because it's what's what's horrible is that stories like these aren't taught in schools. And so that's why I always try to support movies like this because the more people that see it, the better. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. So I want to read the book really bad, um, but it's also Native American Heritage Month. So oh, yes, it is. Yes. Hey, happy happy Heritage Month. Thanks. Good Rick. Yeah. Chris. Recommendation. Got next. All right. So mine is the boys spinoff series Gen V. I, I don't know if you guys are familiar loved with it. it. It was such a great show. So I really enjoyed the boys. Um, Gen V is in the same world, same universe, but it follows college kids before they become like the big superheroes that everybody wants superpower people to be. And it actually felt mm-hmm. like, I mean, they are, most of them are kind of youngish, but it really did feel like they were college aged people. Like, you know how like some like, you know, high school movies, you got these very like middle thirties adults playing yeah. teenagers. This mm-hmm. actually felt Looking like at you, Riverdale. To it. <laughs> it actually felt closer to it. Yeah. They actually look like college kids. Uh, the synopsis online is that the lives of hormonal competitive superheroes as they put their physical, sexual, and moral boundaries to the test. So it's it's a pretty interesting show. Follows I think her name is Marie Moray. Moreau. Moreau. Something like that. I can't remember right now. Um, but follows her as the main character. Also kind of shows you different aspects of college life just, you know, with superpowers. So, like, you see all the normal struggles that people have in college. And then, in and-, and then superpowers. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, graphics are really great. Plot line <laughs> did not go where I expected it to, but yeah. it was still really good like it wasn't a bad surprise it was a it was pretty good uh the ending kind of messed me up a little bit because i was not expecting that ending at all the the ending is totally a boys like the boys but ending. it yeah it is absolutely fitting in the boys world yeah they brought back homelander for a little bit that was cool some of the other boys characters mm-hmm. um i thought it was really cool that it had uh what's his name schwarzenegger patrick schwarzenegger who? Golden Boy. That's Arnold Schwarzenegger's son. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. You learn something new every day. Yeah. He's old. Schwarzenegger well, is? Yes. Y- yeah. I, no, no, no. I think his son is older. Oh, is he? I think he's got a younger son. It's probably the younger one. I'm going to look him up real quick. Yeah, the, the show, it's like, 
it's it's just as graphic and gory and like raunchy as the boys. It wasn't as raunchy as the boys. I'm sorry. Did you totally skip that scene where she got He's small 30. and started writing on something? Yeah, that was not nearly as bad as Hero Gasm. Okay, that one episode like surpasses everything. But if you yeah, so that, that was just the one episode too. No, there was other parts of that. You even saw you even saw the guy from Hero Gasm, by the way, in like one of the cut yeah, scenes. <laughs> I saw. I love that. That was hilarious. But yeah, really cool show. Check it out if you are of age. <laughs> so, which if you're listening to our show, I, I would assume you are. We would hope you are. <laughs> Because we in say theory. some have stuff stuff. Yeah. Patrick Schwarzenegger is thirty years old. Oh wow! Well, he looks so college he's not age. really. He's not really college age. Hey, look, I'm <laughs> going back to college right now, so that is college age. Yeah, Harley. He's not traditional look, college just be, age. Just because we weren't like you and actually stuck to your college program and got a degree, well, I guess you. He can be non-traditional. That's fine, but he's not traditional. I guess if that's I guess the case. I am mighty over here. It's just useless. You're the one who was saying. Jeez. Harley. They look like little college kids, little babies. Nobody said anything about babies. You basically, you basically did. All right, fine, fair enough. Uh, anyone, What's your record, Rap Harley? Anyone that looks younger than us. They're, just... <laughs> they're all tiny infants. <laughs> You're 30, you baby. <laughs> it's a wee lad. Yeah, just got, just a tiny tot. Okay, so. Oh my gosh, I don't know why my font threw me off for a second anyways i literally watched a movie today with hunter and i was just scrolling through you know the stuffs and it's called women woman in gold and it's essentially the little description says 60 years after fleeing vienna maria altman who's played by helen mirren an elderly jewish woman attempts to reclaim family possessions that were seized by the nazis among them is a famous portrait of Maria's beloved aunt Adele. Gustav Klimt, portrait of Adele Blockbauer, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, the first, sure. Um, with the help of young lawyer Randy Schoenberg. I feel like there was an N in the film, but whatever. He's played by Ryan Reynolds, which I thought was cool. Um, Maria embarks upon a lengthy legal battle to recover this painting and several others, but it will not be easy for Austria considers them national treasures. So um, the reason I chose this film is because, you know, we'll kind of get into it more a bit later, but there is a situation, a really bad situation that is going on in Israel, Palestine, etc. cetera. Um, anyways. And so I was watching this film and at, like it had flashbacks of Maria's character to when she was dealing with like Nazi Germany and like them rushing in. And like, basically she had one of these um, officers like stationed in her house and she like was on home. This is all based off a true story, by the way. Mm. Um, she was like, it was like stationed in her house and she was on house arrest. She couldn't leave. She ends up fleeing with her husband Um and there's this one scene that stuck out to me the most, and it's in the modern time where she's talking to, oh, what's the character? To Randy, and she's saying how she hates that she left. Like, she starts getting that survivor's guilt mm. kind of thing. And it started, like, really taking on because I was like, this is happening mm. right now. Right too. now. <laughs> two people um and so that was really crazy um i do think it's a good film to it's hard to say words i want to clarify that it is not anti-jewish by any means like i'm not intending i'm not anti-jewish um but well, there's a, there's a difference between Jewish people and the state the government. of Israel. Yes. Thank you. Um, but I thought that this film gave me a good, like, reflection almost. Because I obviously know of all of the things that are going on right now in Palestine. And so to have this, like, obviously, like, the fictionalized version of this historical experience, like... Um, it's a moment really, of connection. Yes. And yeah. I was like... 
oh my God, <laughs> like it really made my brain go boom. And I thought it's, it's a really good film. It was really well made as well. Um, so if you're interested in that and probably trying to pinpoint the connections yourself between what is happening today and what happened in the past, um, I think it's very good. So yes, All right. that is my recommendation. I think it's on Netflix. Not I think it is on Netflix and I think it's on YouTube free with ads, of course. <laughs> so Netflix it is then. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Netflix. All right. Well, that's a that's a segment. Woo. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, it is time for uh, another one. It's a history episode, so uh, we decided to, I decided to, we all decided to plug in Tim's. Well, actually. Tell us. It used to be common motif in action films, but it's appearing less often these days. A stretch of seemingly solid ground in the jungle that, when trodden on, turns out to be the consistency of cold oatmeal. That's right. We're talking about sand pits. Uh, the unfortunate sufferer begins to sink into the sludge. Resisting just makes matters worse unless he or she grabs a hold of the vine. He or she vanishes without a trace, save perhaps a hat floating regretfully on the surface. It was a horrible decision. Quicksand was perhaps the most dangerous peril faced by silver screen explorers, followed by the rotting rope bridges and enormous claims that could submerge a diver. Give I just... I. As a '90s kid, like I thought, quicksand was a way bigger. Yeah, watch deal. out! Like, watch out! Where like you're going. that was my greatest fear was quicksand. You're going out to the desert. Keep your eyes peeled. If you're just going down the road, make sure you don't drive over some quicksand. You never know. Don't play that, it. Don't play at the piranhas. playground. Piranhas, yeah. I feel like piranhas were going to be a way bigger deal when I got older. Piranhas actually are a way bigger deal for me because we went to Honduras when I was a real little kid, and there are piranhas there. That's horrific. Anyways, given how frequently <laughs> quicksand fatalities and near-deaths occurs in cinema, you'd think we'd hear about quicksand catastrophes in real life. However, actually, an internet search for quicksand deaths yields few results. Is quicksand an, an hazard? Uh, is, is it as hazardous as it appears? Nope. Quicksand, <laughs> or sand that acts as a liquid because it is saturated with water, can be a mucky annoyance, but it is virtually impossible to die in the way that movies show. This is due to the fact that quicksand is denser than the human body. People and animals can become entangled in it, but they are not drawn down to the bottom. Instead, they float to the top. Our legs are fairly dense, so they may sink, but the torso contains the lungs and thus buoyant enough to keep us from sinking. Interesting. I heard that if you just like lay down flat, like try to like lay down on the quicksand, you can like pull your legs up yeah. and just like sit on top of it and then roll off. Yeah, yeah, basically. Ah. I was really disappointed when I found that out. <laughs> like it's great to know in case I do walk into some quicksand, but that's all it takes. Someone lied to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think mud is probably scarier than quicksand probably yeah. it's actually probably deadlier yeah yeah there, you can really get stuck in some mud i mean how do you think we have fossils <laughs> i was just watching a thing on i want to say it was disney plus um which also needs to be boycotted by the way but you know that's a separate issue um it was a documentary no it wasn't disney plus it was on tiktok and then i watched something on disney plus because of the tiktok but uh this woman does a series called spooky lake month so one, <gasps> yeah. once a once a day during the month of October, she talks about like spooky lakes or haunted water, like haunted hydrology is what she calls it. There's it's one, fantastic. Uh, it's like mm. a frozen lake or something like that that people will try to walk across, and if they go at the wrong time of day, it slushes oh. just enough to kill them. Wow, it's awful. Like <laughs> people die all the time just trying to walk across it. I love right. bogs now because of this. Yeah, hmm. bogs are dope. You don't you you get mummified in a bog. Yeah, did you know that? Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. There's that salt brine thing in the ocean where it's like most of the ocean is like three percent salt, but this is like fifty percent salt, and if you go in it, you die immediately. Mm-hmm. It's intense. Interesting. Spooky Lake Month. That's another wreck and ref. Check that out on TikTok. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> the, every year. Yeah. Oh, you guys are always on a different side of TikTok than I am. Get mentally ill. Start sending these to Tim. I don't know why we don't. He would probably enjoy Spooky Lake. Month. I do send these to Tim. 
He just ignores me. That's not true. Wow. Whoa, wait a second. I'm the one that likes and actually responds to the videos that you send me. You don't. You you hardly ever like like every once in a while you'll say, huh, and that's it. Get out of here. It's because I'm wasting too much time watching videos. Turkey. All right, guys, let's get this show on the road. We got a whole fun segment to talk about. Guys, don't go anywhere. When we return, uh, we're going to reveal one of the most disturbing pregnancies you've ever heard of. We'll be right back. Thank you all for listening to our podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a rating on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at at AlwaysMorePod. If you'd like to ask us a question for us to answer on the pod, you can email us at AlwaysMorePodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call us on our Always More hotline and leave a voicemail question at 254-218-4042. You can also follow all of our social medias individually and as the Always More Podcast. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to it. Ladies and gentlemen, and they, them, we are back. Gentle thems. Gentle thems? Gentle thems. Gentle thems. We're back with the main segment. Guys, we've been gone for a while, and uh, instead of us trying to figure out like a big topic, I found a story that I really wanted to share with you guys. And you guys did not read it, correct? I did not, no. No. Oh. You, you are getting a blind reaction right now. <laughs> this is either yeah. going to go really great or horribly tragic. So, um, Probably both at the same <laughs> time. Let's hope for both. <laughs> Both gets the views. The year is 1703. Is that, is That's a, a long start? time ago. This is going to be good, I can tell. This is a good start. Mary Toft was born in Godalming, Surrey, England. I don't know if I'm saying any of those things right. Um, Probably not. That's was, okay. <laughs> Godalming, Surrey. Surrey. Godalming, Surrey. She was born in the peasant class in a time when medical knowledge was limited. Superstitions were widespread, and people were easily captivated by the bizarre and inexplicable. Back then, they used to put babies in the oven just to keep them warm. Like, not when it's on, but, like, if the baby needed to be warmed or, like, what we would put a baby in the NICU for now, they would just put them in an oven. (laughs) You needed to preface that a little bit better. (laughs) Nope. I said it how I want it. On twenty on the twenty first of February seventeen oh three, she received her baptism as Mary Denier, Dinier, Denier, the daughter of John and Jane Denier. Years later, she married Joshua Toft, a journeyman clothier, in seventeen twenty, and they had three children: Mary, Anne, and James. As an eighteenth century English peasant, Toft was forced to continue laboring in the fields when she fell pregnant again in seventeen twenty one. Twenty six, excuse me. Uh, that's what you did when you were pregnant back then. You, you keep working. Just keep working in the fields. We do that nowadays, too. Janelle was working until she was like eight and a half months pregnant. That's that's true. I guess you're right. In a in a kitchen. <laughs> Tim and I were like, what do you mean? <laughs> what, what field are you talking about? <laughs> uh, during this pregnancy, she complained of excruciating difficulties, and in early August, she ejected numerous chunks of flesh. Ew. What? One, what do you mean ejected? One as quote big as my arm. This might have been caused like, by a growing placental defect. Hold on, which would have caused the embryo to cease developing and the blood clots and meat to be expelled. Now hold on. Out of her vagina is Correct. where this Correct. ejected. It. Correct. Okay. It. I don't but, like that word ejected. <laughs> but on. <laughs> But on the 19th of November, 1726, an article appeared in the Misty's Weekly Journal. Quote, From Guilford comes a strange but well-attested piece of news, that a poor woman who lives at Goldeming near that town was about a month past delivered by Mr. John Howard, an eminent surgeon and man midwife, which, that's interesting, I didn't know they existed, of a creature resembling... That was all that existed. <laughs> that's a good point. Um... Let me start over because this is important to catch all together. Mr. John Howard, an eminent surgeon and man midwife of a creature resembling a rabbit, but whose heart and lungs grew without or outside its belly. About 14 days since she was delivered by the same person of a perfect rabbit. And in a few days after of four more, and on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the fourth and fifth and sixth instant of one in each day, 
and all nine they died all in bringing into the world. The woman hath made oath that two months ago, being working in the fields with other women, they put up a rabbit who, running from them, they pursued it, but to no purpose. They created in her such a longing to it that she, being with child, was taken ill and miscarried. And from that time she hath not been able to avoid thinking of rabbits. People, after all, differ much in their opinion about this matter, some looking upon them as great curiosities, fit to be presented to the royal society, etc. Others are angry at the account and say that if it be a fact, a veil should be drawn over it as an imperfection in human nature. I feel like I've actually heard this before. But she gave birth to brain... rabbits. Yeah. So Toft went into labor on September 27th. Her neighbor was... That's my anniversary. Nice. Her neighbor was summoned <laughs> and well, congratulations. Thanks. Was summoned and watched as she produced many animal parts. This neighbor So not full rabbits, just the parts. Correct. Everything you would need to build a rabbit. <laughs> if you were so inclined. This is a build a rabbit, not build a bear. <laughs> Piece together afterwards. Assembly, assembly. Some assembly required. And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, Toft, uh, okay, sorry, this neighbor then presented the pieces to her mother and her mother-in-law, Ann Toft, who happens to be a midwife. Ann Toft delivered the flesh to John Howard, a Guilford-based uh, man midwife with 30 years of practice. Despite his doubts, Howard went to visit Toft the next day. Antoft showed him more parts of the previous night's activities, but when he examined Mary, he discovered... Nothing. When Mary went into labor again, this time giving birth to numerous additional animal parts, Howard returned to continue his examination. According to a 9 November current source, he delivered, quote, three legs of a cat of a tabby color, tabby color, and one leg of a rabbit. The entrails were like a cat's, and in them were three pieces of backbone of an eel. The cat's feet were allegedly sculpted in her mind from a cat she adored that lay on her bed at night. End quote. Toft appeared to become unwell again and delivered additional rabbits during the next two days. I have this to think she's November just like stuffing yes. these things into her and then pushing them out in public. Yeah. November 9th is my birthday. So that's freaky. This is getting odder and just odder. Me and a couple, just me and a couple cat legs. Are, are you a cat leg? <laughs> Perhaps a rabbit? All right, so let's talk about the investigation. So by the middle of November, the British royal family was so intrigued by the story that they dispatched St. Andre and Samuel Molyneux, sounds French, the Prince of Wales secretary to investigate. This is a big deal, guys. Like, is my yeah, cat making noises? freak. She is. Oh, Harley. I mean, you're like, She's given birth to animals, bro. That is freaky. <laughs> she is a freak by uh, definition. They were apparently not disappointed. Upon their arrival on November 15th, they were escorted by Howard to visit Toft, who produced a rabbit's torso within hours. St. Andre's story goes into depth about his study of the rabbit. To see if it had inhaled air, he immersed a bit of its lungs in water and watched it float, which it did. St. Andre then examined Toft and found that the rabbits had been bred in her fallopian tubes. How? How do you do that? How do you how? find that out? In 1703, how? Genuinely. Fascinated, the king dispatched surgeon... I can't know if I can pronounce his name. Cyrusus? Uh Allers to Guildford... Uh, when Allers arrived in, on November 20th, Toft showed no indication of pregnancy. He may have assumed the encounter was a farce since Toft looked to her legs to hold her legs and thighs together as if to prevent anything from dropping out. So he, he was, you know, sus. Convinced that the affair was a fake, he lied, uh, assuring those involved that he trusted Toft's narrative before making excuses and returning to London with rabbit specimens. So he's trying to, you know, throw them off the game so he can investigate more. Upon closer inspection, he allegedly discovered signs of them having been hacked with a man-made device, as well as fragments of straw and grain and their droppings. The tale caused a national sensation after being printed in the early days of newspaper, while other journals were suspicious, with the Norwich Gazette dismissing the episode as mere feminine gossip. 
So take that with it as you will. You know them feminines be gossiping. Yeah. My girlies give birth to rabbit parts all the time. (laughs) No biggie. Uh, Rabbit stew and jugged hair vanished from the dinner table. And despite how implausible the narrative seemed, several doctors were impelled to examine Toft for themselves. Later, political writer John Hervey informed his friend Henry Fox, quote, Every creature in town, both men and women, have been to seeing and feel her. The perpetual emotions, noises, and rumblings in her belly are something prodigious. All of the eminent physicians, surgeons, and man midwives in London were there day and night to watch her next production, end quote. Toft was researched by a number of distinguished physicians and surgeons, notably John Mowbray, under St. Andre's careful supervision. Mowbray uh, post- postulated in the female physician that women may give birth to a creature called a sutrican. Did I read that right, Chris? Sutrican? Looks like it, yeah. Yeah, sutrican. Harley, have you heard of such things? Have you given birth to a sutrican? No. I think I have to. Can't say I have I to. Can't say. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, he was. Um, <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. This story is so wild. Uh, he was. Hold on, I lost my place here. A proponent. Yeah, I lost my place though. Here was a prominent of of maternity maternal impression that widely believed theory that what the mother dreamed or saw may impact conception and pregnancy, and he advised pregnant invi- advised pregnant people that over familiarity with domestic pets could lead their children to resemble those pets. I mean, technically, a saint said this. I, Who said this? I think that's just his last name. Uh, James Douglas. Douglas. No, wait. Yeah, James Douglas. Wait, right? Am I looking at that right? Uh, I think St. Andre is just his last name. Yeah. Okay. So, well, um, James needs to get a new job. <laughs> oh, it was John Maubry under St. Oh. Andre. That's who it was. Okay. Um, he also needs to get a new job. All of them, <laughs> truly. It's 1703, Harley. No, it's 1726. Oh, 1726, whatever. We've gained some decades. Yes. I guess. Yes, we have. Uh, Continuing on, James Douglas was a well-known man midwife and one of the country's most recognized anatomists. While St. Andre was sometimes regarded a member of the court only because of his ability to speak the king's native German, St. Andre was frantic for the two to visit Toff since George's first arrival to the throne. The Whigs had become the dominant political side, and Manningham and Douglas Whig associations and medical skills might have improved his standing as both doctor and philosopher. Douglas believed a woman's uh, woman giving birth to rabbits was as likely as a rabbit giving birth to a human kid, but <laughs> he went to visit her nonetheless under constant supervision. Toft went into labor several times to no avail. So, how does uh, a woman go into labor several times with several? Like this is weeks worth. Yeah, and she's under labor. constant supervision. And like people coming in, physicians coming here, watching her give birth to animal parts. If I find out by the end of this that she's been shoving animal parts up her hoo-ha. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to go build a time machine (laughs) and whoop her ass. (laughs) This next uh, part is called Confession. Oh my god. I knew it. (laughs) The fraud was exposed less than a week later on December 4th. Thomas Onslow, second Baron Onslow, had launched his own <laughs> inquiry you like that. Had launched his own inquiry and learned that Toff's spouse Joshua had been purchasing newborn bunnies for the last month. Convinced that he had sufficient proof to continue, he wrote to physician Sir Hans Sloan that the matter had quote almost alarmed England and that he would soon publish his findings. The following day, Thomas Howard, a porter at the Bagnio, Bagnio. Testified to Justice of the Peace Sir Thomas Clarges that Toff's sister-in-law, Margaret, had persuaded him to sneak a rabbit into Toff's chamber. 
when Mary was caught and questioned, she denied the charge. Whilst Margaret claimed to Douglas that he had acquired the rabbit just for eating purposes. Just eating the rabbits, bro. Just just eating them. All of these baby rabbits. The, the smaller ones are more tender. Scooping up the rabbits and bopping them on the head. You know, just doing what I do. Boil them, smash them, <laughs> put them in a spook. Stew. Stew. You know that reference, Harley? Nope. I bet Hunter does. That's a little disappointing. Yeah. What's it from? Lord, Lord of the, of the Rings. Rings. I've watched Lord of the Rings, but I don't know the references like yeah. that. Potatoes. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a the stew. stew. Yeah, I'm sure Hunter knows that one. Okay. Manningham inspected <laughs> Toft and concluded that something was still in her uterine cavity. So he convinced clergies to let her stay at the Bagneo. Bagneo? What is that word? Clergies or clergies? Clergies. Did I say clergies? <laughs> What the heck? No, you said clergies, but what the heck is a clergy? I don't look. They're British. I don't know what half the stuff this is. Okay. Um, Douglas, who had already paid a visit to Toft, interrogated her three or four times, each for several hours. Manningham threatened her with a painful surgery after many days of this. And on the seventh of December, in the company of Manningham, Douglas, John Matagu, and Frederick Calvert, Toft eventually confessed. Following her miscarriage, and while her cervix allowed access. An accomplice placed the claws, body, and head of a cat into her womb. Animal bits have been put into her vagina for further partitions? Partitions. Parts. She made another admission on December 8th and on another on December 9th before being transferred to Tothill Fields Bridewell, accused of being a, quote, vile cheat and imposter, under Edward III, Edward III law, she blamed the entire affair on a variety of different individuals from her mother-in-law to John Howard in earlier unpublished confessions. She further said that a traveling lady instructed her on how to place the rabbits into her body and that doing so would ensure that she would, quote, never want as long as I lived. According to... <laughs> Stick a rabbit in your pussy, you'll be rich. Well, she wasn't rich. That's the thing. It didn't even work out. No, it did not. No. And that's how you get infection. Oh, yeah. And 100%. Sepsis and yeah. Die. 100%. According to the British Journal, she stood at the courts of quarter sessions at Westminster on the 7th of January, 19, excuse me, 1727, accused with, quote, being an abominable cheat and imposter and pretending to be delivered of several monstrous births. <laughs> what a specific, like, <laughs> accusal, like, That is a very sentencing. specific charge. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, is, that, is this a double four? <laughs> what's crazy, though, what's crazy is the way law works, somebody else nowadays could also be charged with that same thing. And yeah. there's yes. a precedent for it. That is wild. Uh, Margaret Toft stood firm and refused to comment further. John Howard and Toft went before the bench on January 7th, 19, excuse me, keep saying 19, 1727, and Howard was fined 18, or excuse me, 800 pounds, which is about 126,000 pounds today, which American, that's like, what, 130, 140, something like that? Or is it that way around? I don't know. I truly don't know. Here's the, uh, here's the aftermath. Crowds allegedly flocked to Tothill Fields Birdwell for months in the hopes of catching a sight of the now famous Toft. She had gotten extremely unwell by this time. Yeah, you would think <laughs> yeah, so. I wonder. She would have had to. And her portrait done by John Leguer while confined. She was eventually freed on April 8th, 1727. So she was just under house arrest? Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> no more animals. <laughs> Because it was unclear what accusations should... Uh, let me start that over. She was eventually freed on April 8th, 1727, because it was unclear what accusation should have been brought against her. The Toft had the Tofts made no money from the affair, and Mary returned to Surrey. She gave birth to a daughter, Elizabeth, in February 1728, reported as 1727 old style, whatever that is, who was marked in the Goldeming Parish Registry as her, quote, first child after her pretended rabbit breeding. What a... Oh Could you imagine God. that being on your birth certificate? <laughs> Firstborn. Yeah, I was after, after all... After rabbits. <laughs> after all of the animal animal bits. Oh. 
I just can't fathom that she was still able to conceive another child. After I all cannot that. fathom remarkable. that somebody wanted to have sex with her after that. I mean, uh, wrapping up here, Toff's latter life is little unknown. She resurfaced briefly in 1740 when she was in prison for receiving stolen goods. Oh, my God. Uh, she died in 1763, and her obituary appeared among that of the uh, aristocracy in London publications. On January 13th, 1763, she was buried at Goldamine. Sources, The Curious Case of Mary Croft, which I think is supposed to be Toft, uh, spelled Cole Hunt by S.P. Cole Hunterian, uh, and the An Extraordinary Delivery of Rabbits by Edward White. So All I've got to say about this is gross. Yeah, that's like, that's criminal. It, that is, she's a freak. <laughs> Like I meant, I meant it when I said it, and now it's solidified. That is a freaky woman. Yeah, yeah. whole family, jail. I mean, something electric for everyone, chair. I guess. I mean, okay. Let let's let's let's. Okay, look. Obviously, it's gross. Obviously, it's horrible. Those poor rabbits. But other than like hurting rabbits, like what is the crime that I had to hear about it? <laughs> Yeah. Like, I get Defrauding why... Defrauding the nation? I don't know. Like, I get why they had to, like... like I understand, like, they released her because it's like... She was hurting herself, but, like, sort of, not really. And, like, she didn't, like, permanently injure herself, and she had, like, a, a, a thing going on. But, like, there's people that do fake things with their bodies all the time. Well, she definitely killed some cats. <laughs> That's true. It could have been... um What's it called? Isn't there a thing about like animal like manslaughter? Yeah, like that could have been it, That's but true. I don't think that was a thing back then. Peter Especially was not around like... yet. I, it's just I, <laughs> I, I'm just thinking about like the 1720s, and you're like, there there is no like animal brutality back then, probably. I don't think, and so you're wondering like, what are these people thinking? Like, I'm surprised she wasn't burned at the stake. Like at this point, like yeah, like, like a witch. Exactly. Like, yeah. what is the mindset going on here? Like. Are they thinking she's just a crazy woman? Are they thinking she's possessed? All the above? Like, how did she literally not get burned at the stake? Like, what is... That was the following century. <laughs> Change the seven to an eight. And maybe <laughs> maybe she would have been crushed under heavy rocks. I thought the witch trials were in the 1600s. Oh, that's true. Maybe, maybe it's past all that. Oh, and then they were like, well, can't get her. <laughs> We've already done Mr. that. Mr. Bicentury, guys. <laughs> Well, guys, uh, that was my story. Uh, I hope you at least learned something. I don't know. I didn't. I, I didn't know if I anything. learned. <laughs> I, I missed was... the person I was an hour ago. <laughs> that is absolutely insane. I just, and she kept going with it. She didn't. She thought she was going to get away this. with it. That's the thing that kills me. Like yeah, nobody like, was going to look into what? that. Being a freak? You know, I just realized this is like Black Mirror, but like for the 18th century. How so? It's like just so bizarre, so out there, so extreme. But like this is their wild, like a woman giving birth to rabbits. Like that is wildly sci-fi for I'm going to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I just, I just can't fathom that she was like, oh, yeah. They're going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I want to understand is, like, to my understanding, after you give birth, granted, it does take a while, but things contract back after a while, obviously. So, like, at what point did all this become painful again to not only take out, but to put back in? Maybe she tricked her body into, like, thinking she was still pregnant. Yeah, I mean, that's the only, like, it would have to have been, like, ASAP after the miscarriage that she was like rabbits <laughs> <laughs> I need to record that just for your face right there <laughs> like, that, no that had to be a really fast decision like, yes she, she, like her, her, her cervix opened up so wide enough to where she could put stuff up there and then for days I don't know the exact timeline, but for days, it was like 
she she could just, I, I this is mind blowing to me. Like I, like this had to be painful. Like what like she couldn't think she was actually going to get famous off of this after like day three. Yeah, because at that point her body, as she's like putting these things up there into her womb that already rejected a fetus, is going to be like, what the fuck is this? Right, like how is she not reject like, sick right now? Yeah, like. And then she gave birth to a real baby later. Like, that's... Yes. That's mind How were your fallopian tubes not fried at that point? Wild. The human body. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the body of a woman. My God. Yeah. I... I think it's just that one specific woman. <laughs> just her. I don't think it's all women. <laughs> I think it's just her. Couldn't be me, that's for sure. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> Yeah, uh, she it needs mental health care. ASAP. They did. They didn't need that. Yeah. They didn't have it back then. You just maybe, died. Maybe she would have not done this had they been like, ah, she's, I don't know. What could you be at that point? Postpartum, maybe? No. Just postpartum sunny. <laughs> <laughs> so the traveler told me to do this. Is is the traveler in the room with us now? <laughs> I would like to point out too, like she was born in 1703 and she lived to 1603 or 16, my God, she lived to 60 years old. Like that's pretty impressive for 18th century woman. Yeah. And shoving rabbit parts <laughs> inside of her. Maybe that's what did it. <laughs> that's what kept her alive. So she was a witch. She, she sucked the life witch. out of those animals. <laughs> she was a witch. Wow. <laughs> Mary, Mary, quite contrary. <laughs> I think on that note, we can end this wild story. Uh, are, are we okay with that? Are we? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm so All good for it, in fact. <laughs> I would prefer it. <laughs> All right, guys, don't go anywhere. Uh, when we return, we'll have some discussions and we'll wrap up the episode. guys we are back uh we wanted to uh pivot this is a pivot uh that we felt was necessary because of recent events as harley had discussed uh earlier in the episode uh there are some tragic horrific things happening in the world right now uh, and we felt like it wouldn't be honoring or giving it due justice to just kind of give it a quick side thing or do it at the early part of the episode and just give it a quick thing. We wanted to give it its own little time to talk about it, to give maybe a quick few thoughts, but ultimately give some resources and thoughts as to what we think is better. Cause obviously none of us are experts on middle East relations between the state of Israel and Palestine. Um, but obviously there's some horrible things, including genocide. And so, um, yeah, I don't know where to go from that other than what is what I do you follow uh Sean is it King? Is yeah, Sean King. Yep. Um there's there's it it is wild to me to see how in a in a good way how people have revolted and screamed and made a huge thing about the Russian invasion of Ukraine, which is 1,000% dignified and acceptable. And then we have images that you can see through people like Sean King of children being mutilated and blown to pieces, and we somehow go, oh, that's just self-defense on the state of Israel. This doesn't concern us. Yeah. That doesn't make any kind of logical sense in any way whatsoever. At all. Um, what I think I personally wanted to say, just we talked about this before we recorded, was there is obviously a difference between, as we mentioned earlier too, 
the difference between Jewish people who have been a minority and who have succumbed tremendous, horrific things in their past, obviously. And there's a difference between them and then the state government of Israel, who has, over the past almost century, become the oppressors and become the... Um, the, the, the guards with the keys, quite literally, over another minority group because a white nation decided to give them those keys. An indigenous minority group at that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so to say that, well, there's a history there, that's a whole biblical thing that you can get into. There's tons of theologians, there's tons of biblical scholars, there's tons of historians that could argue both ways. I could argue one way about it, but ultimately that's not the point. To me personally is when there are innocent human lives on a scale this large being slaughtered, literally, um, it doesn't matter anymore what the cause is. Um, you can save self-defense. This is not self-defense. This is blindly throwing rockets at a literal prison and just seeing what happens. Yeah. yeah. That's what throwing these things at hospitals churches specifically targeting hospitals churches refugee camps and i've heard people say you know well the reason they're doing it is because hamas is here hamas is there that's first of all that's not even been proven there's no actual proof beyond israel just saying that's where they are nobody's turned in hamas people for anything that they've done while there they're just indiscriminately bombing places in Palestine that they just think could harbor their enemies. Their true enemies aren't actually Hamas. They're the Palestinian people, the people that live mm-hmm. in Gaza, the people that live in the, uh, the West Bank. Gaza West Bank. Thank you. Yep. Um, their, their whole thing has been like, it's a response to October 7th the bombing that happened then because it killed like 14,000 or 1,400 Jews. But somebody broke down the math. They recently had to take it back and say it was only 1,200 because they identified like 200 people that weren't, uh, they they were Hamas, they said. And then like two-thirds of the remaining people were soldiers, not civilians. And that cut it down to like 400 And then there are reports by survivors that the Israeli army was also killing civilians on the ground in that spot. So even out of the 400, it wasn't all Hamas that did it. And even if they did the full 1,200 or 1,400, however many they want to say it was, multiple thousands like tens of thousands of people have been killed, most of them children. Like the whole nation is almost 50% children. And the numbers are reflecting that in the dead and the missing and the injured. And it's all justified to them. They don't care because these aren't people to them. They've said it. They're human animals. They're not people. They're able to desensitize themselves and do this kind of damage with the U.S.'s blessing, mind you. In the U.N., they made they did a vote for a ceasefire, and every country except the U.S. and Israel voted yes. But because of the U.S.'s position in the U.N., we get to veto anything that we want. So if we just don't like something that literally the entire rest of the world wants, we get what we want. Canada was not for ceasefire as well. Pretty much the entire continent. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, continent. Um, yes, North America, essentially. And it's wild to me because it's like the mindset that I see a lot of conservative Americans is, uh, one, like self-defense, or two, like, well— they're like Hamas are using like civilians as human hostages. You don't throw a rocket at a school full of children with a terrorist inside. You don't do that. Yeah. You send people you send inside. You send people in. 
Like if that would if that would have been Israel's position, I still would have been for it. But at least on that end, I'd be like, okay, they're going after the people that did it. There's going to be some casualties. That's war. That's a hell of a lot better than what's going on right now. And yeah, this isn't even war. No, it's genocide. It it is it is mind. Yeah. I, I, yeah, and what's wild, too, is what sucks in all this is that there is so much, and this was my caution earlier to you guys, is that there's so much misinformation, disinformation, all the crazy stuff about all this. And what matters most to me is that people, innocent people, are dying. That's bottom line to me, is I don't care who's at fault in all this. A population, 50% children, most of them are dying. Like, mm-hmm. that should be enough. That should be enough. The point is there are ways to help. There are organizations to donate to. There are um, reporters to follow, to listen to. A lot of the news coming out of there is basically just social media from these reporters. Because the, the media in the Western world isn't talking about it. And when they do, it's basically like, hey, you random Palestinian person, do you condemn Hamas? It's like, obviously, they're a terrorist group. But nobody asks if anybody condemns what the Israeli government is doing. Yeah. Which is way worse. Like, it, it's not even a question. It's way worse. They are literally committing war crimes using white phosphorus. Yeah. Two wrongs don't equal right. Like, that, it, it doesn't matter what they did. You don't bomb children. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, like, it doesn't matter how holy of a nation you think you are. Fuck you. Like, we just don't do this. This is not what we do. Um, yeah, they are committing war crimes by definition. So, It's, it's, it's you know, I think about America and, and just the wars that we've been in and, like, the excuses we've used in the past for things like carpet bombing and, like, the, the napalm they used in Nam and then the nukes the nukes and World War two and then the Tokyo bombings and the and the Dresden bombings and all these different things excuses were well it was helping in like no it was just to try to demoralize and literally the propaganda was the other people were animals that is literally what the propaganda is and if you see the propaganda coming out about Palestinians very similar it's a genocide it's basically like their defense is, well, if we don't take care of the problem now, they'll just do it back to us or do it worse. And so that's why they feel they are justified. And it's like literally look at any history and or any story in history like that has never helped. Like, hey, you know what? Those guys are acting up. They're being rebellious. Let's martyr half the population. Let's see if that helps. It doesn't. We lost. We lost Vietnam. <laughs> we lost. <laughs> You're not going to win by killing people's kids. Mm-hmm. No. There's no humanity in it. Not a drop. And what's crazy is the same thing that's happening there is also happening in the Democratic Republic of Congo mm-hmm. and Sudan. Like, it's not even an isolated incident. People just suck. Yeah. When it comes to treating other people like people. And these are Christian nations or God-fearing nations that are claiming they're doing this. They're they're the ones that are like fully conservative in their views as far as like, oh well, you know, we're we're not gonna do abortion because we care about life. And then they will literally bomb an entire race of people out of existence. Or they'll get rid of abortion and then fund the bombing of children yeah. out of existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, we want to encourage everyone to, there's going to be some, I don't have any off the top of my head, but we're going to share some links in our episode notes, uh, people to follow, uh, uh, people to support, places to donate, that kind of stuff. Um, learn, take in information. Um, I will say, though, we are saying something we just felt like we had to because we have a voice on the internet, and so we felt like it wouldn't be wise to not say something. Um, but it's also okay to listen more than you say, and to yeah, 
it's okay to take in information and you don't have to feel obligated to say something as a at least for me i'm a white male so i try my best to not talk as much <laughs> um but learn learn i think that's the part where i disagree because at the end of the day we are not being bombed to oblivion okay. so it it is our job to educate others who like we've kind of talked about, like just don't seem to get it. True. Um, and it doesn't even like, especially I think because we have an influence, we should talk about it. Influencers should talk about it. Celebrities should talk about it. Po- politicians should talk about it. And it doesn't even have to be anything of like, here's the history of, Palestine and Israel and Gaza and all that. It can be as easy as what we're saying right now, or just something like there's a genocide. These are resources to educate yourself. Stop bombing people. Do better. Yeah. Demand a ceasefire. Call your representatives. Vote. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm happy that we have decided as a collective to speak on it. Um, I'm sad we're waiting as long as we did, but it was because we had other things going on in our own lives, but we've all been posting about it on our private, like on our, not private, on our personal accounts, just not on the collective, always more pod account. Um, So regardless, we've still been doing something, sharing, talking about it, spreading the spreading awareness. Because at the end of the day, if you can't do anything, if you can't, if you don't have the funds to donate, if you, I don't know, somehow just can't even contact your representatives by email or phone or anything just share something as on your instagram story it's that easy yeah. just anything i think is really important so and that's what i've been kind of resorting to is sharing a lot of from people who are closer to that situation than i am who like, know what they're talking about. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. there's a lot of Jewish people that are on the let's stop bombing people side that I've been sharing. Like, there's a lot of Palestinians, of course, too, and people that are closer to that region, closer to that area, know a little bit more and going, let's just not have violence. Like, yeah. And I think that's definitely the best thing to do in this situation because, like you said, you don't want to overstep, of course, but... If you can literally share a resource that knows what they're talking about, you literally don't even have to say anything. Just share it, repost it, send it to your friends, send it to your family, anything. Yeah. I think it's really important. So. Well, anything else to say on the matter? No. Um, I think I'm, I'm good. We'll probably, um, a few Instagram accounts that I know off the top of my head. Um, there's Basan, there's Plestia, there's Motaz. Um, these are actual, they used to be Palestinian influencers, if you will. And then they decided to turn all of their social media platforms into press accounts to show what's going on in Gaza. Um, and they, I think they really show the horror of what's happening in real time. Um, so those are some pretty good accounts to follow on Instagram and TikTok. I don't know if Motaz has a TikTok, but I think Basan and Plestia have TikToks. Um, yeah. And we'll, like Tim said, we're going to post stuff, um, other resources in our show notes. And probably even on our posts like our social media posts yep so yeah well if there's nothing else there is no easy way to get out of this um episode now that we're here it was a good episode yeah it's important Mm -hmm. to talk about what we talked about i'm not going to try to play our theme song now I think you'll find a good song to put in. (laughs) Yeah, I'll find something. Uh, But we do want to thank you all for listening to us and for being a part of the conversation because that's what needs to happen is we need to have conversations. Um, 
That's what we're about. There doesn't always need to be arguments. There doesn't always need to be I win, you lose conversations. But there needs to be conversations. And there needs to be a dialogue. Um, If we don't talk about these things and reveal the truths, then history will literally repeat itself. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm glad we talked about it. Me too. That being said, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Um, if you'd like to follow us on, on our social media accounts, we're on Instagram, TikTok, and pretty much everything else. You can follow us individually. We'll put, post everything in the show notes and then probably in some stories and some posts uh, in the coming days and weeks after this episode airs. Uh, so we just want to say thank you again for listening, for being a part of the conversation, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, everyone. Free Palestine.